Hebrews chapter 9, and beginning with verse 1. Hallelujah. Hebrews 9 and verse 1. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after that the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. And over it the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. Amen. Where the glory rests. Everybody say, where the glory rests. Let's pray. Jesus, help us today. Bless your people. I pray that, Lord, your word, oh God, would quicken us, impart to us something, Lord, needful, something that will strengthen and edify them. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would teach us something that would be meaningful and helpful to us today. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, you can be seated. Where the glory rests. Um, it, I knew it was my responsibility to preach. Um, I've been pastoring here in this area. Uh, in January, it was 18 years. My wife and I moved here in October 2003 and had our first service January of 2004. And for 11 years, we, we had uh, th three locations. We started out in a, in a, a uh, little storefront office type space. And then we, the Lord blessed us with a beautiful little church in a day building. And then we moved and had another building. And for 11 years, I always have had, in those first 11 years, I always had someone that was capable and, and able to teach. And so in those 11 years, I rarely taught uh, the adult class. And then when we moved here, I, we went from having uh, uh, one or two uh, capable. We, we, there for a little while, we had, we had three or four. And today we have two men that are very capable and gifted teachers and they usually teach the adult class. But over the past a month or so back, I really had it in my heart, felt like the Lord began to deal with me for a, a few, few weeks, a month or so, to, to teach and to preach. And uh, so uh, the past two weeks, uh, my bulk of my, of my study, my meditation has been on the Sunday school lesson. I encourage you to be here. If you haven't been here on Sunday School, I encourage you to try to be here at 10 o'clock. And, uh, and then, then uh, really the second thing on my list is to preach. And uh, so uh, I've been preaching for a few years, Brother Pastorella. And so I have a lot of stuff I've read and thought and learned. And, and so it's not hard to preach because uh, 
my hobby, I, I'm not hunting deer or catching fish. I'm looking for something to preach. I'll see something. In fact, uh, Sister Megan shared something with me the other day, and I'm, that's, that's in my mind. There's a sermon here. And I find sermons all the time, just, just in the process of time. I'll see something, I'll think, hmm, come on, somebody, that'll preach. So my mind is geared toward that. I have a number of people that I talk to on Sunday morning. I have a few evangelists that will text with me, and we brainstorm on messages. And, and so I'm built for this. I love preaching the Word of God. And so I'm just looking for what the Lord would have me to say. And this morning in my Bible reading, I, uh, I was reading about the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was the, the crowning element of the Old Testament uh, process God gave the Jews to worship Him. It, it was uh, the, 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 the culmination of many things. There were feasts that were had. There were offerings made. There were priesthood. There was all kinds of things that went into this system of worship. And the focal point was this, uh, this area that had an outer court. There was a fence around the outer court. And in the outer court, there was a place where the sacrifice was made. Uh, and, and constantly there was this constant process of offerings, sin offerings, peace offerings, trespass offerings, an offering of atonement. I mean, there was all kinds of sacrifice. And, and that, that sacrificial system, instead of a person or a people being punished for the wrongs they did, God in His wisdom provided a substitutionary system where someone could have a fellowship with God in spite of their sin. And so it was an atonement. It was a way to have peace. It was a way for the Lord to walk amongst His people. And it was wrapped up in this tabernacle system. And so the first court, if you came to the fence... Now remember, only one tribe could enter the fence, the outer court. You had to be a Levite, the son of Levi. And all of those furthering generations, it, well, you had, it didn't matter who your daddy was. It didn't matter who your grandpa was. Uh, who, who you're direct descended of, depending on whether you got to uh, uh, burn incense or if you had to take the fence down. There was very hard set uh, inherited responsibilities and, and, and access. That's right. It was it's the way God set it up. And so in this, this system of, of worship, there was the outer court. The, 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 and in the outer court, there was the, the altar, uh, the brazen altar, and that's where the sacrifice was made. And then there was a brazen laver of water where uh, I've read it was reflective. And so someone would physically wash, but it was, a, it was also a point of where they would reflect on themselves and they would repent because they were going to be involved in holy work. And they would enter this first uh, into the tent of its, the, the sanctuary. They would enter into the sanctuary, the first chamber of the tent. This first chamber, the, the Bible here called it the sanctuary. 
And in that sanctuary, there was the candlestick which lit the room make sure there was oil in the lampstand. They had to make sure that the wicks were trimmed. And there was a table where they would bake bread uh, uh, for the tabernacle. It was the, the showbread, the bread of the presence of God, if you will. And then there was this uh, altar of incense. And this was a place that they were required to keep incense burning in the sanctuary. It was priest to keep the light burning, to keep the bread, the bread of his presence and to keep incense in this room. So the, if you understand the coverings that were on the tabernacle, it was a pitch dark space. And when you come out from outside, there was a smell, a stench, if you will, of the burning flesh. And they would come into the sanctuary and the smell would dissipate. Dis dissipate. And the light would go out. And you walked in the light of the seven-branch candlestick. And you would be in the smoke and in the scent of the incense. And they did that every day. Every day they would go in and they, the priest would, 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 would minister unto the Lord in the bread. And, and he would minister unto the Lord in, in the light. They would minister to the Lord in burning incense. If you remember in the New Testament, Eleazar, the, the, the father of John the Baptist, he was in that place burning incense when Gabriel appeared to him. It was a holy thing. And we understand that these things are a shadow of things to come, and they are instructive to us today of how we live for God. It's a shadow. And so they only operated in a form or a shadow of what we have access in reality. Every day we should have daily bread, the bread of His presence. The Lord has something to say to us to give us daily bread every day. Somebody say every day. Every day. Every day we need to walk in the light as He is in the light. And we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So we eat the bread and we walk in the light and we have access to this in, inside of us. You know, the tabernacle, there's an outer court, an inner court, and the most holy court. That's us. We are three dimensions, body, soul, and spirit. And the tabernacle is a type of us. We have a body. We operate in a realm of the outer court. What's seen? What is seen uh, in the outer court? There's sacrifice, and there's repentance, and there is washing there is reflection, there is repentance. And we must, we must, we must live a life where, where people can see there's something different about that person. Right? That's the outer court. People see that. And it, it, the outer court matters because the blood came from what happened in the outter court. Amen? 
And, and the inner court, that this, this place where they live, this is a place where we meditate. This is the place where we think about the Lord. This is this place where the Lord tells the Jews, Jesus affirms it, that you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. You see three things in the, in the holy place, and we have our heart. We have our mind, we have our strength, we have our thoughts, we have our passions, we have the things that we are, uh, uh, we're thinking about. They, 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 they're, they, and and, 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 and in, in our faith, in our walk with faith, that there is this dimension. We, we, we read the Word, we, we listen for the voice of the Lord, we fellowship with the Lord, we burn incense, it's a type of prayer and fellowship with the Lord, that, 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 that sanctuary is what we have inside of us. You can have peace every day. Come on, somebody. You can have the light of the Holy Ghost in you every day. But you, it's up to you to go into the sanctuary and, and find some bread. Thank you, Lord. you got to put the bread on the table. We're all priests to God. I don't, no doubt I have responsibility to do what I do as a pastor, but ultimately if the only word you're getting is on Sunday morning, you're going to, you're going to dry and blow away. The job of the ministry is to provide an amen to what the Lord is saying to you. If the only time that, 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 that you get something from the Lord is when I'm preaching, you're not getting all you need. You heard people say, well, I'm not being fed. Well, it's probably because you ain't praying. Amen. Preach. Come on, somebody. You want to get fed? You, you need to learn how. You, you, can feed a fish, uh, you can feed a man a fish a day, or you can teach him how to fish. Amen. This is, this is important. You need to learn how to recognize I need to talk to the Lord, and I need the Lord to talk to me every day. Every day. He wants to. What, what did Jesus say in Revelation? Behold, I, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and harden not his heart, he wants to come in. Because he wants to talk to us. And he's talking to the church. And so many times we as believers have allowed our door of fellowship to shut. And we're busy about doing whatever we're doing, thinking about what we're thinking, planning what we're thinking. And Jesus is on the outside thinking, hello? hello, Anybody home? Amen? But it's important for us. Recognize that, that in the Old Testament, they were only allowed to go in the holiest of holies once a year. Once a year, one man would go through the veil, and in that place, the veil was, was, was separating the people of God, was separating the high priest. He, the high priest, one man out of millions, would go behind the veil once a year, and they would, they would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat and the glory of the Lord was there. And we know that through Jesus Christ the veil has been rent from top to bottom. And it's no longer one man once a year, anyone. We all can come boldly before the throne of grace and find help in our time of need. Amen. We, we are not relegated to the same but we can get into the presence and the glory of the Lord anytime, anywhere. God, God is no respect for persons, but God does respect faith. God respects faithfulness, if you will. I think it's so important for us to 
you can have as much God as you want. Come on, somebody. Amen. You know, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And we have access to, we can, if you will, we can get all the bread from the word we want. We can pray all the prayers, prayers we want. We can walk in all the light that we want. If we will recognize it's available, we have an invitation. Jesus is saying, come unto me and I'll give you some things you don't get unless we're in the presence of the Lord. Amen. As I was reading today, the, the Ark of the Covenant uh, fell into the hands of, of the uh, Philistines, I guess. I don't recall. The Philistines. Uh, the, the sons of Eli were sons of Belial, and they thought they could just take the Ark as a good luck charm. Even though they were acting like the devil and living like the devil, they thought, well, we'll just take God with us. And they took, they took the ark with them. And, and when the people saw the ark, there was this great shout. And the enemy said, oh, 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 something bad's about to happen. And then they defeated the people of God. And the two sons of Eli died that day. And Eli himself fell off a pillar and broke his neck and died. And the ark of the covenant, the, it, the, the, sing, the center of their worship was captured and in enemy hands. And it was quite a trophy for the Philistines. And they took the Ark of the Covenant and they set it in the, the, the temple of their god Dagon. And, and they, they came back the next morning and their god Dagon had fallen down and his hands and feet had broken off. And they're like, oh my goodness, what has happened? They come back the next day and the head, it had fallen down again and the head of Dagon, their God, had broken off. And they're like, oh, this is something. And while this presence of the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant was with them, the Bible says that God smote the men with a terrible malady. I'm not going to go into it. You can go read it. It was, wasn't good. It's terrible. It's so bad I want to tell you, but you just have to go look it up if you don't know. It was so bad preparation H wouldn't help. And the Bible says, oh my Lord, that they, they were in such a serious situation that they're like, we got to get this thing out of here. Right. And so every one of, uh, every group of them, they each brought a golden offering of an image of one thing and an image of uh, of mice. It was a golden offering. And they gave a they, they gave a golden image of an emerald and they gave a golden image of the mice. And they loaded it up on a cart and they, they put the Ark of the Covenant on the cart and they connected it to a, 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 a cow that had just had babies. And the, the Bible says that that that, that those those cows took the cart toward Israel, and even though they had some small uh, uh, calves to take care of, the Bible says that they went, and as they went, they were lowing as they went. And they said, oh, wow, this is something. This, I'm so glad that's gone. Now, I want you to think about one thing that was a blessing to somebody else brought, brought <laughs> discomfort, cursing, and they're like, i got to get this out of my life. 
Amen. And what I'm saying to you is that, that the presence of the Lord has a different effect on people based upon their relationship with God. Some people, the presence of the Lord will make them want to run. And some people, the presence of the Lord will make somebody want to shout, rejoice, and get in the presence of the Lord. Why is that? Because one group of people want and have a relationship with the Lord, and another group of people don't want nothing to do with God. And the challenge is, is this, this city, this world is full of churches where the glory of the Lord does not exist, and there is no conviction in the house. Someone can go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, and they can live like they want to. They can drink what they want to. They can say what they want to. They can watch what they want to. They can do anything they want to, and it doesn't bother them. Why? Because the presence, the Ichabod is over the door. The presence of the Lord has been departed, and they can play patty cake for Jesus, and the preacher can preach, and somebody can sing Amazing Grace, and they leave unchanged, and they like it that way. But you know people that don't want to get serious with God, they'll come to church and they get under conviction and they're like, I don't want to go back there because I felt uncomfortable and I don't want to be uncomfortable. Amen? Amen. I remember my wife reminded me of this a number of years ago. It's over a decade ago, uh, we had this wonderful immigrant family that was visiting with us, and they were a beautiful family uh, that had beautiful children, a beautiful husband, beautiful wife, very educated and gifted, uh, successful people. And they came to church a, a number of times over a period of months. And, and one day, uh, uh, I, I don't know who he told, I don't know if he told my wife or told me this, but one of the, the, the children, the teenage sons, was talking about how much that he liked the church. And, and, and the father said, these people are serious about living for God. Amen. Good. And I thought to myself, that's, that's, that's a high compliment. And that is something that makes us different than this sensual religion that people slap Jesus bumper stickers on. You know what I'm saying? There's a, there, there is a spirit of religion. You see it in the music industry. You see it in professional that they publish books and, and they do all kinds of things in the name of Jesus. They, they make merchandise out of sincere people, but they have nothing in heart, their heart for God. There are all kinds of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, and you find out about it years later that they're corrupt, that they're full of evil, that they've done all kinds of wicked things, but they made merchandise and made a name and got famous because sincere people, often without discernment, consume their products. And, and, and don't understand there is something different about being apostolic, about love. I don't even have, you don't even have to put it apostolic. Someone that loves the Lord. There are people that really love the Lord that are living a life of repentance and they want God to bless them and they want to bless God. And some of them as of yet, they're like Cornelius. Amen. They have not yet had Peter come tell him what they need to do. Amen. They pray all the time. They have a good reputation. They fear God. And they are there's something happening between them and God. And they just need to hear what Peter had to say. 
And I believe that it's up to us that God's going to bring us into their life and we're going to have an opportunity to tell them what Peter told them. Uh, Peter preached to them and they got the Holy Ghost and Peter told them you got to be baptized. Amen. It's going to be up to them whether they do it. But I'm telling you, we got to recognize, amen, just because they're not where we are, they're coming our way. There are people that aren't here yet, but I'm waiting on them to get here. I truly believe there are people that God has something in their life and they are living a life of repentance. They're doing what they know to do and they're walking in the truth that they know and God is not going to leave them insufficiently prepared for eternity. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty, God's going to fill you. And if you understand that, God's going to lead them. Amen. And I said this last week, but there is a high cost for some for the truth. Amen. For some, truth will cost them everything. But in light of eternity, what is not worth losing to gain Jesus? The Bible says there was a man, a merchant man that found a pearl of great price in a field. And the Bible says that they went and he went and sold all that he had that he could just have the field where the pearl is. The Bible doesn't even say he had the pearl yet, but he knew somewhere in this field there is a treasure of unmatched value. And I'm going to sell all I got. I might not even know where it's at yet, but I'm going to spend my life looking for the treasure that's in the field. I'm going to sell out. I'm going to pray out. I'm going to pray out. I'm I'm going to worship out. I'm going to do whatever God has to do. I'm going to give it all up because I see a treasure in this field. Amen. Can I tell you today that in the Old Testament, the glory of the Lord rested between the cherubims. But today, the glory of the Lord rests upon his people. When you get the Holy Ghost, one one of my favorite things to be fascinated about is to see the people of God as the presence of the Lord begins to settle down on them when they pray. And the presence of the Lord begins to settle down on them when they worship. Amen. To see the men of God when the presence of the Lord settles down on them. And there is something that is visible but yet invisible. There is something tangible but yet untouchable. Amen. When the presence of the Lord, the glory of God begins to rest upon them. We see it in Acts chapter 2. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire it is set upon each of them. Amen. I love to see the glory of the Lord. We saw it here in the midst of this worship service. Amen. I saw Sister Jennifer. I saw some over here. I saw my wife and I saw, I felt, I heard, I felt the glory of the Lord resting as cloven tongues, like as a fire. Amen. I'm telling you, we have access to the glory of the Lord. We don't have to wait for the high priest to go into the holiest of holies once a year, but we have access. Amen. We have access. We can step in. Amen. We can step in and fellowship the presence of the Lord 365 days a year if we want to. Amen. We can have as much bread as we want to. Amen. We can we can burn as much incense as we want to. We get to determine our own diet. It, it's all you can eat. Amen. It's all you can pray. It's all you can read. Amen. Whatever you want from the Lord is possible. Amen. Today, I'm, I'm so thankful today. 
Amen. That, that, that thanks to people that love me and thanks to people that love Jesus. Amen. I learned a long time ago. Amen. There is something glorious and special and a privilege to pray. Hallelujah. To know that he walks with me and he talks with me. He hears my voice. He holds my hand. He knows my name. Amen. I am special in his sight. Amen. I'm glad somebody told me. Amen. That Jesus loves me and something rose up inside of me and says I love Jesus I praise you Lord I want to honor you in my life I want to honor you in my conversation God I want to be an ark of your mercy everywhere I go Amen. Sometimes people may be uncomfortable and sometimes they may say things that would be offensive to you, but understand, amen, they don't have what you have yet, but they need it more than they know it. Amen. They need the Holy Ghost whether they know it or not. Amen. Can I tell you today, the glory of the Lord rests on you. Amen. And if it's not resting on you now, it wants to rest on you. Amen. I'm telling you today, amen, the Lord loves you. And the Lord has a plan for you. And the Lord has a purpose for you. Hmm. Can we worship the Lord here? Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, I pray, O oh God, that you would visit our heart and visit our mind. Open our eyes to see. Hallelujah. Amen. In the Old Testament, there's a story of a prophet. Amen. The prophet was hated by the evil kings. You know, there is some, there's a spirit of enmity in this world. Jesus said, they hated me, they will hate you too. And if there's ever been a day when the spirit of hate seems to be the favorite flavor of our culture, our culture loves to hate. They hate things that are good. They hate doers of good. They hate people that tell the truth. They hate with a hate that is seven times hotter than it's meant to be. The hate. The hate. They hate the truth. Amen. And, and, and I know sometimes I, I've been careful, amen, to say some things in social media, maybe in uh, opportunities, because, you know, nobody wants to unnecessarily provoke the haters. Amen. The Bible says something about don't cast your pearls before the, the swine. Some people I don't even try to uh, share my pearls. Because all they're going to do is turn around and eat me up. There's some wisdom there. Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before the swine. Now, sometimes you won't realize there's swine until you throw your pearls at them. But you know what? Sometimes it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck and stinks like a duck. It walks like a pig, oinks like a pig, smells like a pig. I, I wouldn't be throwing my pearls there. Come on, somebody. I'll tell you, Jesus died for the worst. Amen. And sometimes the worst, the, the, the way that they're, they, they respond to God dealing with them is to persecute you. I mean, look at the Apostle Paul. We know God was dealing with him. How did he respond to God dealing with him? He was stoning believers. He is locking them up. That was his way of responding to God dealing with him. Sometimes people 
They're going to you feel like they're stoning you. You feel like they're persecuting you. Hey, be encouraged. God may be working on that person. Amen. Don't lose your witness dealing with somebody God's dealing with. Pray for them. Amen. Live out what Jesus said. If somebody smites you on the cheek, turn to the other cheek. Someone takes you to court, get your coat, cloak, give them your coat too. You live that out to show, you know what? I am not going to be defined by the worst in somebody else. I'm going to let Jesus shine through. Is that easy? You better pray because <laughs> it's not easy. The only way you can do that is the Holy Ghost. How are you going to be able to do it? You've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. How are you going to be full of the Holy Ghost? Building yourself up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praying to yourself psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I will pray with understanding and I will pray in the Spirit also. Amen. If you're going to make it through the world we're about to enter into and we're in the midst of right now, you're going to have to learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. Not just on Sunday morning, not just on Wednesday night, not just when you're in the mood, but you're going to have to stir up the gift of prayer in you. Amen. Because the Holy Ghost is in you. Sometimes you're going to have to stir yourselves up because you're going to need it for what you're facing. You're going to need it to discern the spirits that's coming against you. Amen. I feel like preaching today. Amen. Can we raise our hands and just talk to the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord God, I want to be in a position. I want to be in a mindset. I want to have an attitude where, you're, where you can be glorified in me. Hallelujah, Lord, that you can be glorified in me. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I know your glory rests upon your people. Lord, I know you fill them with the Holy Ghost. Lord, I know that you have forgiven them of their sins. I know that you've been a long-suffering Lord to them. Amen. You've been long-suffering to me. Amen. When I've been hard-headed and stubborn and rebellious. Oh, God, and I was bitter and not wanting to forgive. But, God, you have been long-suffering. You've been patient and kind. Oh, God, how many times have you refilled me with the Holy Ghost? How many times have you forgiven me of my sin? God, I can't even count. I don't even know. But I know that even on this Sunday morning, God, you're still renewing people. You're still transforming people. You're still putting the Holy Ghost, amen, in us, stirring us up, oh, God. And I trust that you have a purpose that is bigger than us. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't need music, but we're going to open up the altars. Amen. And I just want you to come forward right now. Just come forward with your hands raised. Amen. Your head up toward heaven. And Lord Jesus, God, I want a glimpse of your glory. And God, I want your glory to rest on me.